Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Book Lounge. Today, we are talking about Grit by Angela Duckworth. Your hosts, as always, are myself, Corinne Ritchie. And me, Tom Butler-Bowden. And as you know by now, each week what we do is uh, we select a book and we discuss it with our guest. Um, I'll give my highlights of the book and why I think it's uh, still relevant. Yep, and I will weigh in on the book and uh, give you the latest news about the title and the author. So for the most in-depth knowledge about this book, we recommend two things. One, this podcast is brought to you by Memoed, so be sure to check out the savable, shareable 10-point memo all about this book. You'll find a link to it in the show notes. And second, we also recommend listening to our Book Insight episode, which is going to be a more detailed summary, overview, and analysis of this book. But here in the Book Lounge, it's more of just an informal chat about the book of the week. So this week, we are bringing on a guest who is an award-winning educator with a master's degree in school leadership. She is also the coordinator of strategic marketing, communications, and admissions at Burlington County Institute of Technology. So she's a great person to talk all about this educational space that we're going to be going into with Grit. So please welcome Michelle Hill. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me today. I'm really excited to share some insights about the book and as well as education, which is a passion for me. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Mm, yeah, thank you, Michelle. And so um, if you just uh, maybe give our listeners um, a sense of, you know, your sort of background in education and, you know, how the book Grit um, where that fit in along alongside that journey? So I have over 35 years in education. 32 of them have been in the classroom. So I've just recently stepped out in my new role as a strategic marketing and admissions coordinator for a, uh, a school that is a VOTEC school, um, uh, Institute of Technology, and we attract students from 40 sending districts. So I don't like to use the word recruit, but we do go out and, and actually expose students to the idea of a different style of education and hope that they want to come join our school. So that's my new role. But um, for over three decades, I've been in the classroom as a teacher. I have a background as a Spanish teacher as well as a special education teacher. And um, and I absolutely loved, loved being a teacher. It's uh, Sometimes I, I feel... I guess a little jealous of the teachers that I see in our buildings that are able to have those really wonderful connections with students. Um, but what really resonated with me about this book uh, is the grit part because over those three decades and being a special education teacher, I saw a lot of students who just weren't successful at school. And it made me really wonder why can't they be successful or why aren't they being successful in school? And so this book really resonated with me on how we can, we can elevate that conversation with other educators and also support students so that they can get really gritty and become successful in whatever field they go into, in, in, whether it be in education and, or in life as a career. So, yeah, it was really um, something that just jumped out at me and said, you know, read me. You've got to find the answer here. Mm, I love that. Now, so if we have parents listening to this podcast who are like, oh, I'm paying close attention. How do I get my kid to be more gritty? What, what do you say to that parent that's like, you know, I want to help them? 
So I thought she was brilliant in being able to really break down the information of what it is that students that that display grit, what it is that separates them from students that don't have it, and the ability to combine their passion with perseverance. And probably if I would if I would say one word that really jumped out at me is is the work ethic, you know, just being persevering through things um, is outworking other people. It just really resonated with me. So how do we tell parents that, and, and she talks about that, and she actually uses different terminology, but very similar to Zaretta Hammond in her book of culturally responsive teaching, she calls it a warm demander. And uh, Angela Duckworth does a great job of a visual with, you know, four quadrants and saying that you want to be up here and you want to be a person who has high expectations, but that is loving and kind. So, and, and Zaretta would call that the warm demander. So they recommend that for parents as well, which is have high expectations for your children, but make sure you're doing it in the most loving way that they know that it, that they are appreciated and that they are working towards something that is good for them. And I think that that parents can certainly adapt to that style of parenting as well as teachers to be warm demanders of our students and developing the grit is really where that perseverance comes in so let me tell you as a teacher what i would say to students i taught i taught special education classes early in my career and then later i taught spanish classes of all levels and um, vocabulary is very very essential obviously to learning a new language and I would say to the students, we don't just show up on game day and expect to play. You know, our coaches require that we do conditioning every day. And then when you show up on game day, you're prepared. The same thing is happening in our schools with tests, quizzes, and just learning information. It's that we really need to show up every day and practice every day. And that's the part that Angela talks about in terms of practice and perseverance. And that is really the key. The key is is to give them a platform where they can explore and learn, practice, make mistakes, but stick with it and not give up. And then they take those two things and combine it, their effort, and, and they become skillful at something. And so to the parents listening or to the educators listening, high expectations with lots and lots of practice are going to produce kids students that are more capable, that level up and become skilled. And skilled with more effort and more practice is going to bring them into the uh, area of success. Mm, that's great. Very helpful. Mm. That sounds like a, a really um, supportive, empowering um, model of parenting and teaching. Uh, unfortunately, Angela Duckworth herself the author <laughs> didn't seem to have got that from her own parents. Um, I think early in the book, um, you know, her, her Chinese-American father often said to her, you know, you're no genius. And, um, you know, and then she tells a story of how like, she never got extra private tuition either, but she still managed to get into Harvard, study neurobiology, um, she got this MacArthur Fellowship, like a genius grant. So 
it's sort of ironic that these these things that her dad would say to her, she ended up getting this genius award. Um, but she's very clear that um, you know she didn't think she's particularly high IQ. She wants to explode that myth of high IQ, and how she got to you know uh, her research on grit um, was quite a long journey actually. She was um, a mathematics teacher. She worked at McKinsey Consultancy for a while. Um, so it's almost like, uh, would you agree, guys, having read the book, like for me, um, her personal journey was, was really sort of played into the research she did um, about perseverance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It also reminds me a lot of um, growth, the growth mindset concept. So that book Mindset by Carol Dweck, because um, just like you're saying, Tom, if she's got this message in her head about you are not a genius and she has really taken that to heart, then there may be some part of her that was like, oh, if I'm not a genius, then I have to work harder to overcome that. And so that's kind of that like growth mindset part of it, where if you know you have to grow and you can grow, then you do grow. Um, and I think that's very similar to what uh, we're talking about with grit is that same concept of, you know, regardless of the genius, talent, natural ability type stuff, regardless of all of that, um, grit is I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing until it's great kind of a thing. Um, have you seen a lot of that, Michelle, in, in, in folks who, you know, may not think they're super talented or intelligent or something, but they just keep doing what they're doing? Yeah, so I think that we have two schools of thought. Some people believe that you can't praise someone too much, and other people believe that you can praise them too much and give them a false sense of security of who they are and what talents they have. So I'll go to some of the coaches that I've had over the years um, that, you know, in our buildings, they wouldn't really want you to say, you know, when the team lost, they wouldn't want you to say, guys, great job, great try. They would almost scowl at you like, please do not fill their heads with, you know, words of affirmation when obviously they lost. Um, so I think that what we're dealing with with Angela Duckworth, and I love Carol Dweck as well with the growth mindset, is that even though Angela is citing that she became what she became and she did have the challenges with her up, upbringing, what she's saying is, although it worked for me, it, it doesn't work with everyone, and there is there's casualty in, in that approach as well and dealing with the fallout of not feeling like you're good enough. And so I think she's acknowledging that it may have worked in her favor, but that there is some level of insecurities that she developed as a result of that. Now, she comes full circle in the book, and she talks about that that statement, Tom, about not being a genius. And she said, you know, she revamped that uh, statement about her dad saying that she wasn't a genius, but if he meant that, she didn't have to work for something, then she wasn't a genius by that standard. But that if he, if you could be a genius by developing yourself and working really hard, then anybody could be a genius. So I think she kind of took that lesson, understood what it is. Probably, um, I listened to a podcast where she talks about being into some level of counseling probably worked it out in some level of counseling and realized that his intention 
was to really inspire her to do more and to be grittier, but that maybe the modus operandum there wasn't probably the best um, uh, you know, for the self-esteem of a student. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give her credit there, um, that I think that that was her intention. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm sure the, the, the bits in the book, which probably resonated with you was the, uh, the example she talks about with the Chicago schools and the, the national spelling bee, um, and how, uh, the, the, the kids that did the best um, were just so dogged in their preparation. Like they would go through this dull task of memorising, you know, the spelling of thousands of obscure words. Um, and, you know, that's not, that's not a natural thing for a kid to do, right? So I was interested in the question she had. Um, I can't remember how she answered it, but to what extent grit is it a sort of innate thing, you know, part of who you are, or to what extent is it shaped by your environment? What do you think, Michelle? I think it's a combination of both nurture versus, you know, nature, and I think we can teach it. You know, this is an interesting fact, at least. I've worked in a high school for my for my career as an educator, and our our best academic athletes were cross-country runners. So process that for a moment. These kids were inspired and challenged to run miles a day and not just a mile, you know, 8, 10, 12, 20 miles. They were marathon runners, et cetera. And they they always performed academically the highest of our athletes in terms of their GPA. And to me, it occurred to me when I started to look at that data that it made perfect sense because they do something consistently, and it's hard. It's not easy. They ran when there was snow on the ground. They ran when it was raining. And so for me, that was all about the grit. It was they're going to continually do what they need to do to reach the target of where they want to be. And so they easily applied that kind of um, attitude that they had towards their sport to the academics. And they studied each day. It was the preparation. So I think it is nurture versus nature. I think it can be taught. I do think some people are born a little bit hungrier um, depending on their circumstances. And I think that there's um, an innate desire for certain students. Um, I have four children. They're grown. One of my children, I never had to ask her about homework. I would just say, you know, have you done your homework? And she'd say yes, and, and I knew it was done. The other ones, I'd have to set timers. I'd have to remind them. And so with her, it was an innate thing that she had that grit, like she needed to, to get it done, she needed to check it off her list, and she was self-motivated. So I do think it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. That's so fascinating. And what an interesting uh, correlation to see that the cross-country runners and putting that dedication into school. Um, and I totally relate. So I have two elementary school age kids right now, and I definitely have one of each. I have one who 
she tends to things just come easy to her and so she she'll do her work quickly and easily and get good grades and it's not that hard but then on the rare occasion that something really is a challenge she's just quick to shut down it's just like oh this is hard i'm I'm going to just talk to my teacher about this. I'm not even going to try it. Like if it, if it looks like it's too hard, she's just done. Whereas my son is the opposite. He is more like you. I have to put timers on. I have to motivate him. I have to get him going. He's not as the ambitious, but when he does decide that there's something he wants to do, it is like the rest of the world does not exist. And he will continue doing that thing over and over and over again until he has mastered it, you know? Um, his little, uh, 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 what do you call it? The training wheels on his bike. The very first day that he put, that I put him on a bike with training wheels, I told him, eventually we're going to take the training wheels off. His response was, well, then why are they on there now? Take them off. <laughs> and so he, he never used them. He just wanted to, and he fell a bunch of times, but he would just keep doing it until he could ride that bike with no training wheels. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, one thing that um, related to that that um, Duckworth talks about in the book is uh, the, the focus or having a single goal uh, that that um, that you go after. She seems to think that I think she calls it a psychological term the ultimate concern. So whatever else you are doing in terms of your activities and work, if you have a big enough goal then it will make you grittier because if it if it's drawing to, drawing you towards it if it's such a thing that you're passionate about um then you basically put up with anything um and you know th th it was all her like her research in the book about west point the graduates the ones that drop out um so i just thought it was interesting um about prioritizing goals it's not really about that it's ha about having one big goal that um that draws you on um but like michelle i mean imagine that's when you when you're a school kid you know most kids don't have a, a huge goal like that um so it seemed to me that this sort of power of focus or goals only really comes into force when when you're an adult think that that's the case. I don't think that they know what they want to do, you know, definitively as a career choice. But I think that if we can help students set goals, and it's funny because we were just studying that um, part of um, the equity specialist for our district and working with um, some trainers, and they were talking about setting goals for students, helping them set goals, that they're more likely to be successful towards those goals if they know what they are. So, um, I think the goal setting that she's talking about, obviously it's the passion, it's the, it's the passion, it's the why. And, um, I think that that is very important. But most eight year olds do not know what their why is for the rest of their life or their passion. But they do understand what they like in terms of what feeds them, you know, and motivates them. So setting goals is that, you know, this year we're going to accomplish X, Y, and Z. And they align with things that we like to do by this way, I think will help students develop that grit. So one of the things I did encounter many times over my many years of teaching is students who had felt like they had no purpose in school. School didn't serve a purpose for them. For me, I was the first 
one in my family to graduate from college. And so that was my goal. It wasn't that I knew I wanted to be a teacher. It wasn't that I knew most other things. But what I did know was I wanted to graduate college, and I wanted to be the first one in my family to do so. Therefore, that goal led me to the different layers of things that I needed to do to achieve that goal. So it wasn't, you know, it doesn't always have to be about your passion in life, but it has to be something that directly impacts your life in a certain way. Mm. And um, having sort of worked uh, in a number of schools and seen a lot of schools in your sort of catchment area, um, just wondering, I mean, because Duckworth talks about one way of leading a grittier life is inserting yourself in a gritty culture or institution. Um, so I was wondering, like, if there's big differences in schools that you've seen that sort of impart the gritty ethos. Yeah, so I think a, a lot of our schools are adapting that growth mindset, which is an extension of the grittiness that we talk about um, through Carol Dweck, and we're challenging students in different ways, whether it be through clubs and organizations, athletics, but even academically, um, helping them to prepare for higher-level experiences and more advanced classes. We're developing a culture of having students really challenge themselves and 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 develop that grit so that then they can be more successful. Um, one of the things that we've done at our school district and just won a, a Lighthouse Award for the New Jersey Department of Ed is that we've increased enrollment of subset of students into the advanced placement classes. And that would be the students didn't opt to come in, but we went out and we got them and encouraged them and said, hey, you were recommended you know, by your teacher, and we think it would be really wonderful for you to challenge yourself and take this more advanced class because it's going to help you with being prepared for what comes next in your academic career. And so we were able to bolster up the number of minority students uh, that historically hadn't been high and, and boys, um, believe it or not, um, into the advanced advanced placement classes. And so, yes, that's that's actually – one of the key things that schools are doing now is is looking at their programs and see where they can support a, a gritty environment so that students have that experience and grow and learn from it. Mm. That's great. Amazing. Yeah, so it must be must have been inspiring for you to see individual examples of um students who um, were sort of taught uh, taught that and how they changed themselves um, must be, yeah, incredibly inspiring. Yeah, so the, one of the greatest things that you feel as an educator is when you know that you played a small part or a big part in a student's trajectory. And I have students, you know, I've been teaching for a really long time and that uh, that most people would have written them off. They weren't going to do very much, and 
And I just got a text message from one of them the other day. He bought a house, his wife and he, they're expecting their baby and bought a beautiful home. And he said, so you can show this to all the people who didn't think I would make it. And, and I, he said, but you always knew. And so for me, that's my great joy is, is having that small part in a student's life of saying, you know, we may challenge you and we don't always make it easy for you to do everything, but we prepare you for what comes next so that you can be successful, not just in your academic career, but in life. And, and so that's really uh, one of the greatest joys that I have as being an educator. Oh, that's so good. And I hope that's really inspiring for those who are listening who maybe they don't have kids or maybe, um, you know, they're far out of this education space. But there's so many more um, applications of this great idea beyond just in the classroom. So as you said, buying a house and having a family and all these other things that adults do, all of them require an amount of grit, an amount of sticking to it and um, putting your passion and perseverance together to keep on even when there's no evidence that it's helping. You just keep doing what you know will eventually lead you to success. Mm. Yeah, it seems to me the the difference because I'm very interested in like conscientiousness, which is one of the, you know, the big five psychology uh, traits What's the difference between conscientiousness and grit? Well, I think that they're very similar, but grit is about involves the time factor, right? It's it's about continuing to work at something. Um, like you might be conscientious about something over a period of one day, but to be but to do that week after week or year after year, like an Olympic athlete or something. Um, to me, that's the difference. That's what grit is. As you said, Corinne, it's about believing in things before they exist. Well, there's certainly a lot of faith that has to happen with grittiness because you're not sure that you will get there. You, you may have that dedication, but you're just not positive. Um, but I do think, too, Tom, that the difference between conscientiousness and grit is that with conscientiousness, you might be very conscientious and get the job done, but you don't grow and learn from the experience. But with grit, you're often, often challenged to really level up and, and uh, get outside your comfort zone. And so that's what makes that a whole different kind of uh, attitude that you have is uh, the difference between somebody just checking the boxes and going through their day and saying, yep, I worked out. But how did you work out? Did you just, you know, did you just meet the the bare minimum or did you level up and really exercise your muscles differently? And that's where growth happens. So I think that, that that's a fundamental difference. Yeah, right. When obstacles happen, um, how, how you get over them, deal with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, Michelle, uh, at this point in the show, we always um, give the book a bookmark or rating out of five and say why. Okay. Um, Corinne, what's your take on it? 
Yeah, I, I really like this book. Um, so I'm going to give this four out of five bookmarks. I love the stories, especially the West Point story, just knowing that Angela Duckworth's research was able to solve a problem that West Point couldn't figure out. I just, <laughs> I love that, that, you know, they have this score of how successful they predict that their graduates will be. And it was woefully inaccurate. But Duckworth comes in and is like, no, here's a score that actually works. And it's grit. And that's what determines those who succeed at West Point from those that don't. It's grit. So I love stories like that. Those anecdotes, her research, um, the the science part of it, and being able to really hone in on what determines success. Like Those are the things I love. Um, the only reason I take one bookmark off is because, um, as we talked about, this is very similar to the Growth Mindset book, so Mindset by Carol Dweck. It's also very similar to Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And I like both of those. I mean, all three of these, I think, are this like perfect trifecta. They all work together. Um, this one wasn't my favorite of the trifecta, so that's the only reason that I would give it four. But other than that, the writing is great. The stories are motivational, inspiring, useful. So yeah, I, I would give it four. Um, yeah, what do you think, Michelle? So I, I'm in the same camp that you are. I would give it a four. If I were talking to just educators, I would definitely give it a five because I think that it reaches an audience of people that really probably need to hear this message and receive the information. And so I think it would be perfect for them. Uh, to the average reader, I don't know that the stories are as compelling that will keep people motivated to want to read about it. And there is scientific data that may not always resonate with readers. So it just depends on the reader. And for that reason, I would give it a four. Um, but overall, for me as an educator, I found it to be extremely important in terms of what I do every day. Um, so I would, for educators, I would definitely say it was a five. Awesome. Mm. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd give it. I'd give it a four. Um, I love popular psychology books, and I'd put this in the same basket as Susan Cain's book, Quiet Power of Introverts. I think they came out similar sort of time. Um, yeah, I, lo I loved the West Point uh, research as well, which is at the beginning of the book. Um, very inspiring. Um, I've seen some criticisms of the book. One is that um, it's sort of too focused on, like, worldly success in that every, grit is all about sort of achieving something. It's maybe less about moral virtues, for instance, um, I don't really buy that. I think if you are working grittily towards something, you learn a lot about yourself and your character. So I think it's one of these broad basket traits that are, that are good for just about everything in life. Um, so, yeah, I love it. And, um, yeah, I, I think of it as a sort of modern uh, popular psychology classic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the update on um, Angela Duckworth and this book today. So um, today she's a professor at the uh, she's a professor of psychology at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, she still continues her studies on grit and self-control. Um, her April of 2013 TED Talk now has amassed over 24 million views. So lots of people learning about grit via her TED Talk. Um, and she's also founded a nonprofit called Character Lab, and their mission is to advance scientific insights which help children thrive. Um, are you familiar with Character Lab, Michelle? I don't know if you've heard about it. Yeah, I jumped on there hmm. after having read her book and listened to her podcast, and they have great resources 
for teachers and parents on how they can develop grittiness in, in students and their children. Um, and so they are rolling out additional resources. It's kind of under construction, but it is an effort to support educators and parents to um, further develop the grittiness that students require to be successful, not just as students, but also in life. So I think it's going to be a great, um, some, you know, something really terrific in a teacher's toolkit that they can go to and, and find different exercises that they may be able to do or discussion points that they may have amongst their professional learning communities to develop more uh, perseverance in students so that they can be successful. So I think it's going to be awesome. Nice. Oh, that's great. Well, if listeners, if you're a teacher, if you know a teacher, then uh, that's a great resource for them. Um, so today, she also shares her findings through advising huge companies like uh, World Bank, the NBA, the NFL, Fortune 500 CEOs. So, um, you know, as we mentioned, it's not just for the education space. Um, these principles can be applied to lots of different areas in, in life and achievements. And that whole perseverance idea uh, is definitely applicable outside of the classroom as well. Um, and today, Duckworth also hosts a podcast called No Stupid Questions. So I think that's probably the one you mentioned. Is that is that it? Yeah. Um, and also, um, don't forget to uh, watch or listen to the original book insight that we have on, on Duckworth's book, um, because we go into a lot more detail about the examples. Um, for instance, the West Point research um, got quite a long section on that. So if you want to learn more about the research that really made her reputation, um, make sure you listen to our book insight as well as this episode. That's right. And be sure to check the show notes for the link to the memo so you can have 10 quick bullet points that remind you of all of these great uh, insights from the book Grit. They're savable and shareable and all that good stuff. And Michelle, thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you after this, they want to learn more about you and your work, what's the best way to connect with you? So I am on Twitter, which is probably the forum that most educators use at, at Hill M. Rispo. Um, and I'm also on Instagram under, under Michelle Rispo. Um, the really exciting thing that I am and, and I'm hoping to be back on with you guys after this is published, but uh, this fall I have a book that I've co-authored with somebody, uh, Frank Renet, Dr. Frank Renetsky, um, another fellow educator, about uh, staying fired up as a teacher. And I think it's it, some of the discussion that we've had today is included in that book about how we can ensure that students are successful. And part of it is the management styles we have as educators and how we love our kids and we're warm demanders with, you know, having high expectations. So I hope that people will look for that as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Will that be available on Amazon or how will people get their hands on it the will. book? It will. Be, it will be available on Amazon and we think that it'll be uh, early fall, maybe as soon as October. Great. Well, we'll as soon as a link is available, we'll be sure to put that in the show notes as well if people want to check out the book. Perfect. Thank you so much. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And um, as always, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Book Insights Pod. So you never miss our new episodes. Um, all right. That is it. Thank you so much again and hope you'll tune in next time. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Bye.